Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Broadcast <laughs> in response to what we shared leading up to the end of the first hour. This texture saying Vince had a black friend who was in a similar arrangement said they had one rule. Don't embarrass me in public. Oops. Too late. All righty. This from Jeff. Vince, there are two things that need transformation on this very Tuesday. Our education system and Will Smith's marriage. On the latter part, somebody said in the podcast yesterday, an open marriage is like a house with no walls and no roof. In other words, an open marriage is not a marriage. My goodness. Yeah, that kind of gets to the heart of it, doesn't it? And again, I'm, I'm not sitting here in judgment, but we're seeing this kind of thing promoted more and more all these kinds of uh, alternative arrangements we'll just describe it that way and uh, boy there's a price to be paid for all of this experimentation don't you think still to come in the broadcast we will delve into some other things including a conversation about Joe Biden and his recent gaffes I just have to tell you, I'm even more concerned now than I was before. It's one thing that the man has gaffes. It's another thing that the man doesn't believe that he has gaffes. We'll talk about that a little bit later on in some of the comments made in recent days. An update on a very important Senate primary that is underway in the state of North Carolina. There's a new poll out on that. Have you seen the video last week? We didn't talk about it. That 14-year-old boy who died on an amusement ride, oh my gosh. The fact that there's video of that, it just, it, it just sickened me to my stomach. We have an update on what happened there. But first, for Transformation Tuesday, one of the things that I've talked about a number of times on this program is the challenge our younger people face. We are very much in a post-Christian world. When I say post-Christian, I mean this from the standpoint of the movement in this country right now among younger people is definitely away from Christianity and towards secularism. And this is not a surprise. This was very much predictable. And predictable because the educational establishment... And the disintegration of genuine faith by a lot of adults. 
you can't pass on what you do not have in the first place. And it's not the kind of thing that you can pass on anyway through the bloodstream. You remember Ron Reagan said a similar thing about freedom. It's something that has to be basically implanted into the hearts of a new generation. You've, you've essentially got to kind of start over with every new group that comes along. I'm going to talk about a new poll that has come out. There's a lot of great polling information out there, and I share this with you, and I hope you don't take this as something that is discouraging, but you really take it more as a challenge. I love challenges. And I'll give you a brief example before I go into this, these couple of items for Transformation Tuesday. I'll give you an example of a challenge. Challenge is a young man I know who's an agnostic slash atheist. I don't know where that line is for him. Who I've had the opportunity to engage through some really difficult times, the loss of his mother and some other things he's wrestled with, with his father in ill health and just being a friend. And for whatever reason, the opportunity has been there just to share the love of Christ. And I remember a conversation we had one day, we were talking about the second coming. And he said, you know, if this stuff is true, I really hope Jesus really is coming because we really do need him. This from a professed agnostic. This is why I love challenges. These don't these things don't scare me because I know ultimately 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 love is going to win. It will triumph no matter what these circumstances are now. Let me go into these items very quickly. The very first one is quite intriguing. This is a report in Christian Headlines. A growing number of young Americans identifies religiously unaffiliated. According to a new report, a large number of Americans are leaving church amid growing detachment from religion. The survey titled Generation Z in the Future of Faith in America found that Generation Z is now the least religious generation, 34% identifying as religiously affiliated, unaffiliated. Millennials, 29%, Gen X, 25, Baby Boomers, 18, the Silent Generation, 8, all had higher levels of religious affiliation. Daniel Cox, who is a senior fellow in polling and public opinion at the American Enterprise Institute, wrote in a statement, young adults today have had entirely different religious and social experiences than previous generations did. The parents of millennials and Generation Z did less to encourage regular participation in formal worship services and model religious behaviors in their children than had previous generations. Surprise, surprise. Many childhood religious activities that were once common, like saying grace, have become more of the exception than the norm. Cox, who also serves as director of the Survey Center on American Life, noted, for as long as we've been able to measure religious commitments, childhood religious experiences have strongly predicted adult religiosity. Citing Proverbs 22.6, which reads, Train up a child the way he should go. When he is old, he will not depart from it. 
conversely, people who grew up without a religious affiliation are likely to remain unaffiliated in adulthood. Get a load of this stat. Today, nearly two-thirds, 65% of Americans who report having no childhood religious affiliation say they are still unaffiliated as adults, rivaling that of established religious traditions. It's a lot of people. Now, this is very important. Again, there's a takeaway in this for all of us. The report showed multiple reasons why American adults are leaving religion, including breach of trust. Boy, that's huge. Breach of trust. We're going to talk more about this and a really great post by Dr. Steve Crosby on the challenge to be perfect. You're going to be surprised by this one. It's not what you may think. And much more as we continue our Tuesday broadcast. Stay with us. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseballs and boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did. Overall, the text line in response to this survey on religion and how it's declining among younger people. To suggest you cannot be a good person without a religious affiliation is extremely shallow. I believe it's part of the message that pushes people away. I think one of the discussions you need to have is an answer to the question, what is a good person? What is that exactly? I'm just curious. Sad that so many people have no moral guidepost. Very true. Religion actually hurts the conservative party. They lean on it too much. I think a lot of young people are in fear that if we let the religious fanatics take control, they will suffocate us with laws. And we have this from a texter. I'm sorry. When you hear religion, the next thing comes to mind is hypocrite. Wow. It's kind of interesting, isn't it? I think it explains a lot just by what we've shared on the text line thus far. Why is there is so much, dare I say, unbelief out there at this stage of things? Some final things I want to uh, share here. I mentioned breach of trust, one of the major reasons why people are leaving religion. 
Mr. Cox goes on to say Gallup has found that trust and confidence in organized religion have plummeted over the past two decades. In 2021, only 37 percent of the public reported having a great deal or quite a lot of confidence in religious institutions. A massive decline since 2001 when 60 percent reported feeling confident. Isn't that amazing? From 2021, 37 percent. A great deal or quite a lot of confidence, 37%. Way back in 2001, that was up at 60. Another reason for rising religious disaffiliation, the belief that religion does more harm than good. The survey found 35% of all Americans believe religion does more harm than good. 69% of religiously unaffiliated Americans said the same. 69%? Despite growing up in a religious household. Additionally, 63% of Americans who have always disassociated themselves from religion believe it causes more harm than good. Just some um, important reality checks here as we uh, see what's happening to our society and culture. And again, I don't see this as reason for panic. I see this as a challenge to take on. Can I tell you what that challenge is? Steve Crosby answers this so well. I've never heard anybody address this in this way. This is worth the price of admission. If you've got nothing else out of this program, this is going to be worth it. You ever hear that scripture, be perfect as I am perfect? That's one of those scriptures that just jumps out of you. It jumps out at you and causes you to think, what in the world? How do I ever? Here's what Steve Crosby posted about this yesterday. This is a passage that has caused a lot of people a lot of pain and struggle because of how it has been interpreted and handled. Be holy as I am holy is its companion. God's perfection does not reside in platonic categories of moral sinlessness. Let me repeat that again. God's perfection does not reside in platonic categories of moral sinlessness. God's perfection resides in his nature, essence, which is love expressed in light. God is love. God is light, period. Nothing else. Not love plus justice. Not love plus wrath. Not love plus violence. Not love plus anything. Love, period. God's love expressed is not driven by any self-centered need. It is love free of all necessity and selfishness. It is love expressed in freedom from an act of his will and benevolence. It is love that is not grasping for anything. It needs nothing. Any love that arises out of self-interest is alien to and cannot be ascribed to the Father. We are to grow in perfection and holiness in love that is free of necessity and grasping. I would propose... This is even the divine destiny for humanity in Christ to grow in that grace and to be holy like he is holy. Otherness, holiness in love, not the endless list of taboo based on sin consciousness and sin management, like a dog trying to get rid of fleas and finally one day arrives at rest when the last flea is gone. God forbid. Anathema and all that manipulative distorting bondage. I think the message Steve's communicating here 
is that we are captivated by his love. The perfection is in his love. That's how we grow. The other things are byproducts. This has jacked so many people up. So many. I had a conversation with a counselor friend of mine just the other day. And we were discussing some matters related to this, to legalism, and how so many people have wrestled with these things and their lives have been just upended. And, you know, again, the wonderful thing about it, this person, this counselor, is, is walking in such wonderful freedom now and such peace. And I think this is, frankly, a lot of what has scared so many people away. They are driven away by our, our legalism. What many of us would like to think is our spirituality, but it's not really that. It's, it's man-made religion. People are attracted to love, and I'm convinced that many more people are reachable than we can ever imagine. If that's how we're living. What are your thoughts on this? I would love to get your perspective, your reaction. Let's go out to a call from Ryan, who would like to uh, comment on this particular study involving younger people. Good morning, Ryan. Welcome. Hey, Vince. Good morning. Um, uh, I had when you mentioned the trust thing. You, you know, I, I definitely had you know had to call it about it. As you and I have talked about numerous times, we're you know we're both. Christians, we're, we're both men, you know, men of God, both believe strongly. You know, you know, nothing will ever change my mind. I, I, I'm a strong believer in God. But over the last two years, with everything that's really gone on, especially, I've talked to a lot of people, and trust does seem to be the main issue. Like, 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 you know, I'm seeing that um, a lot of people still believe in God. Most people I've talked to, they still believe in God, but they don't believe in organized religion. They're pulling away from organized religion, not from God so much. But let's be honest about it, too. Um, the church has brought the church has wronged a lot of people. I mean, you know, I, a lot of preachers now are preaching more about on personal beliefs. They're not. It's not church. They're not preaching the word. Like I notice a lot of them preaching about personal feelings or not wanting to speak the truth because they don't want to offend somebody or speaking to please people instead instead of instead of preaching the word. That's one thing. There's been a lot of corruption in the church. You know, a lot. You know, a lot of a lot of money, money pocketing money and child molestations and stuff. And one of the biggest things I've seen. Um, I'll be 41 years old in a couple of weeks, and like in my 41 years, pretty much on, on the earth, I remember asking my father when I was five years old one time. I said, "Why is the church so segregated?" It, it just—it seems like oh, the church nowadays there seems to be more segregation in the church than you know than anywhere else. And yep, and, and we're always trying to force religion. I mean, yep, uh, Ryan, Ryan, we're up against a hard break. We've got to go here. Remember, it was Martin Luther King who made the comment: "The most segregated hour." is 11 to 12 noon Sunday mornings. Over on the text line, Vince once had a church split in half because of the music. 
got so bad people stopped tithing to the church to voice their displeasure. <laughs> oh, my goodness. That last statement about love was gold, Vince. Thank you. Let's see. There's a couple of items here that grab my attention. One person uh, called in during the break. I mean, you want to talk about going way back? This person was disillusioned by what happened with PTL. Apparently had contributed significantly to PTL. Have you seen that documentary on Tammy Faye? I uh, let a friend talk me into watching that. Oh, my gosh. It was so sad to watch that. I mean, I, I can't. That's a culture that I don't. I've never gotten into, by the way, this. Uh, but anyway, as I was watching this, it was just sad. You know, not just sad, the manipulation of millions of people. And the uh, fleecing of millions of people. But I also felt bad for Jim and Tammy. Very, very troubled people. And don't, you know, I'm not saying this as judgment. I'm saying this, that how many times do we as human beings find ourselves in places where we really do not belong? And this is what gets, this is what gets us into trouble. Big, big trouble. Let's go out to uh, Dan. Good morning. Welcome to the broadcast, Dan. Good morning, Vince. Thanks for your show. It's a breath of fresh air. Thank you. Um, on the commentary of why churches are losing membership, I um, I look specifically, I grew up, I'm 68 years old, I grew up in the Roman Catholic Church in the 50s and 60s. Um, and interestingly, nothing has changed. You know, one of the big things with the liturgical churches, the traditional liturgical churches, they don't understand why members are leaving their churches and either going nowhere or going to the big, to the new mega churches. I think a lot of it is, if you look at the Catholic Church specifically, uh, they haven't changed a thing since John Kennedy was assassinated. I mean, the Second Vatican Council was from 62 to 65, and nothing has really changed. The music hasn't changed, nothing about the way they... And you know what? I have to be candid with you. Everybody has to change to meet the needs of, of the current population. That's one thought as to why people are leaving churches. I think they just don't care for that whole process any longer. Secondly, I don't know that there, or I frankly don't believe that there's any more or less corruption or scandal in the clergy, in the churches. I think what perhaps moreover is we're in an information age, we actually have a first look at it within seconds of its happening. Uh, when a church or a pastor or someone goes awry, goes astray, and makes a scene, it's going to be on CNN, MSNBC, ABC, CBS, you know, it's instant. Where in days past, it was pretty easy to sweep stuff like that under the rug. Um, and that's that's all I got to say. Very good points you've made there, Dan. Uh, very much appreciate that. And, you know, before delving into some other things I want to get to before the end of the broadcast, I just want to kind of redirect where all of this really has to go. It needs to come back to a place of love and relationship. You know, so much of this gets caught up into ceremony and activities and events. And at the end of the day, I come back to uh, the person who's had the most influence on me in the last few years, uh, just focusing on loving well. And I think that will serve us all well.
I want to update you on the situation we told you about some days ago, the Abbeville County woman who's in the hospital, the one who was mauled by three dogs, still fighting for life in the hospital. Her name is Kyleen Waltman. And the update on her is that she also has a spinal cord injury in addition to her other injuries. Still in very serious condition and is still getting closely monitored. So please remember to pray for her. Her name again is Kyleen Waltman. Keep praying for her. The good news to report as well, the GoFundMe account that has been set up with the goal of raising $123,000 is now up to $118,000. So they're closing in on their goal. And I think that went up by maybe 10000 just today. So if you feel led to get involved to help out there, the hospital expenses are going to be enormous. Who knows? Who knows what this guy who owned the dogs has in terms of means of providing any sort of restitution to provide care? I, I have not a clue. But the hope is this is a woman who will be well taken care of. I um, want to quickly touch on what's going on with Ukraine and our border. Breitbart, very interesting in its assessment of the investment of money, comparing the investment of money in Ukraine versus the investment of money here in the United States. President Joe Biden is apparently seeking more than twice as much in American taxpayer funding to defend the borders of Ukraine against Russia than he's seeking for border security technology at the U.S.-Mexico border. He's put out his $6 trillion fiscal year budget for 2023. Biden wants to spend $682 million on funding for Ukraine, which he touts as an increase of $219 million above the 2021 enacted level, to continue to counter Russian influence and to meet emerging needs related to security, energy, cybersecurity issues, disinformation, macroeconomic stabilization, and civil society resilience. All right, $682 million. How much for our own border? How about $309 million? Half of that for border security. Pretty amazing, isn't it? Just another interesting little tidbit of information to digest on this Tuesday. Stay with us. have a little bit of fun along the way before the broadcast comes to an end over on the text line i'll share a couple of items from things we have discussed this person saying events if you watch the documentary on hillsong church it's very good that's what the world will do to a church i have not watched it in fact Someone just told me the other day I need to watch, and I will be doing that. So uh, it should be very, very interesting. I think 
We shall jump now into day in history. We have a total of six questions, and George very eagerly awaiting the opportunity to answer those. How are you doing today, George? I'm doing good. How about yourself? Doing pretty well. This list isn't bad at all, not too terribly complicated. And we began back in 1886. It's probably the most famous soft drink. And it was uh, pretty much inaugurated on this day. This is its birthday, 1886. Can you believe it's that Uh, old? No, uh, but Coca-Cola? You're absolutely right. Happy birthday to Coca-Cola. Wow. You're old enough to remember this. I won't ask you your age. But I am pretty certain you'll remember this. This production opened on Broadway with Yul Brenner and Gertrude Lawrence. What was it? Oh, um, Ten Commandments. No. no. Well, then I guess I failed. <laughs> the King and I. Oh, that's right. I knew it was a king, but I don't know why I didn't remember that. But I, I do right. remember it, but I didn't remember it then. Yes, yes, that's what it is. 1961, the 23rd Amendment is ratified. This was important to give people in this particular area the right to vote for president. Um, This is technically part of the United States, but it's not a state. Where are these people? Puerto Rico? Oh, no, much closer to home. The District of Columbia. Uh, They did not have the right to vote for president until 1961. I did not know that. 1973, the last U.S. troops left this particular country. This was probably one of the worst military engagements we've ever um, gotten involved in. And sadly, for a lot of veterans. In Vietnam. South Vietnam, our last troops left there in this day in 1973. 1999, this particular index closed above 10,000 for the very first time. Can you believe that? We've been hovering around 30,000. Wow. 10,000. What was it? Uh, The Dow. The Dow Jones Industrial is absolutely correct. And 2020, boy, here's a terrible memory for us. Almost 200 million Americans locked down as a result of COVID-19. Yep. This day in 2020. Can you believe that's been two years ago? Wow. No. I remember those early days. Yep. That was a very, very weird time. The only time that was more weird than that was right after 9-11 when there were no planes in the air. Oh, it was like it was, super quiet. Wasn't that creepy? It yeah. just felt eerie. A very eerie time altogether. Want to have a little bit of fun. You know, it probably wasn't fun for these passengers. <laughs> but I want to go back in history to a movie and, uh, you know, this movie was probably pretty terrible, but I, I enjoyed it. I've probably watched it more than once. You ever watch the movie Snakes on a Plane? I have not. Oh, you've got to watch it, George. You've got to watch it at least uh, once. Uh, okay, I'll, I'll try to find it. And this is one of the most famous scenes in the entire movie. Uh, dialogue from Samuel L. Jackson. Listen up. Enough is enough! I have had it with these snakes on this plane. 
about to open some f***ing windows. <laughs> You've got to see it to understand the full context of this. This was a mess. But get a load of this. Uh, we're talking about the real thing for this story. In fact, I sent this so that uh, George could actually see what this looked like. This was a very creepy sight. Not the kind of thing that you would want to see if you're on a plane. This uh, story saying we can almost hear Samuel L. Jackson's famous expletive-filled rant in the movie Snakes on a Plane after reading this story. NPR reporting AirAsia flight that was headed from Kuala Lumpur to Tawa in Malaysia had to make an emergency landing after passengers caught sight of something large slithering through the plane's overhead light fixtures. And you've seen this picture. What do you think, George? Oh, my word. If you were... <laughs> that would be... Um, I can't imagine what the women on the plane were doing, let alone most of the men. Oh, my goodness. The airline didn't confirm the stowaway at first, but the airline's chief security officer verified the incident in a statement. Air Asia, aware of the incident that occurred on the flight, as soon as the captain was notified, the plane was diverted to be disinfected. <laughs> <laughs> telling yeah. the publication the passengers were in no danger and they were allowed to continue to their final destination the same day. This has gone viral, though, with over 2 million views in one day. Oh, my goodness. Did, and they, did they say what kind of snake it was? It, it almost looks like a cobra from the size of that's the what it, it looks like that to me. Uh, I am not sure. Um... Yeah, I, I it doesn't even indicate in this story, but I, I know a lot of people, and I'm not embracing this. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.